Coach John McCormick is going to be joining us tonight, is joining us tonight. Um, as always, we we try to keep all the questions. Uh, you know, I don't mind if it's somebody that I know and you want to alert me that you'd like to ask Coach a question uh, or Butch, uh, let Butch know that you have a question. We will make sure we get that question answered. Uh, we have about six or seven in the queue right now, uh, so I'll make sure I get those questions asked. Um, if I don't know who you are, uh, just direct message me a question. If I if we follow each other and uh, I feel comfortable, you're more than welcome to ask Coach a question directly. Uh, we'll go for 60 minutes tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about just the overall college baseball season as we're two weeks into our season. And um, so we want to kind of be as current as we can. And uh, so we'll make sure we get all questions pertaining to recruiting, FAU, FAU camps, all the things that have come in already. Uh, we'll get them to coach. Um, tonight, as always, want to remind everyone that this is a positive platform. We don't try to engage or uh, compete or, you know, be uh, argumentative in any, in any capacity. We try to maintain uh, a positive environment, a, a learning environment uh, for not only student athletes, but parents and coaches as well. Um, so on that note, we will start our program. Coach John McCormick, you are a FAU lifer. What is this, your 32nd year? Correct, 32nd year. And uh, to me, that speaks volumes as to uh, not only your your passion with regard to the FA Florida Atlantic University Owls, um, it speaks to the consistency of the program. And my hope is tonight that we get to share and offer some insight, not only into your program, but the conference as well. Some of your thoughts as they pertain to the youth baseball landscape and recruiting and showcases and, and your camps that you hold there. So we're going to start with a question that was submitted by a parent. Coach, do you recruit any student athletes that may live out of the Southeast or the Florida East area, specifically in the Northeast? And if you do, how do you suggest they best get in front of your staff or you specifically? Uh, we do. We have a, a number of kids from Pennsylvania, um, some kids from New Jersey. And every, it seems like PA, New Jersey, New York, everybody has some relative that lives in South Florida. So um, we have we and we have quite a few connections up there. We uh, would most likely see these young people over the summer just alert us. Everybody. The fortunate thing that we have is we have all these spring training sites in Florida. So there's tournament after tournament all summer. So, you know, just email us. Let us know when you're going to be down. Hopefully we could work it out. Um, just go from there. You have camps, but that's not always necessary. It helps, but it doesn't necessarily. It's not necessary. Um, but if you if you do want to, for anybody, if you do want the school to see you, you have to communicate with them. This is where I'm playing. This is when I'm playing. The field time has changed. The location has changed. Weather um, that always helps. Coach, do you have camps that you have at at the school, at the university during any specific times of the year? Are they generally open to all student athletes or are they are they invite only? No, they're open to everybody. And we usually have them 
one in June, maybe two in June, July, and then later in the fall. Um, we keep them relatively small, 70 kids, um, go through a day, day and a half of um, both teaching and evaluating. Uh, and then we try to play a game depending on the makeup of the camp um, and, the, and the time of year. Some kids are not in playing shape, so we might just do more drills. But I think camp is, is um, twofold, one or threefold, one, evaluation, two, teaching, and three, getting to know the young, the young man and kind of if you can get a little bit of insight into his personality, which is really important in the recruiting process. Do you or your staff, are you out at any of the, you know, the bigger events uh, throughout the summer? Is it specifically, you know, just the East Coast events? Do you travel out West? A parent wants to know, um, does Coach and his staff attend any big showcase tournaments throughout the course of the spring, excuse me, the summer or the fall? Well, in the summer, we would, anything in the state, we go to we go to Georgia, we go to Alabama. Um, other than that, we, we don't do much out west. Uh, we don't do much in Texas. We, we don't do anything in Texas. We don't do much out west. Um, Florida is a pretty good baseball state. Um, and then, of course, they travel. It, it's always good to see these guys play in Atlanta, at Hoover, different places like that where you get to see them against a different level of competition. We'll do some stuff in the Northeast. Um, but as far as out West, um, we, we, I can't tell you the last time we've been out there to recruit. It's been a long time. A few student athletes are asking in reference to your recruiting process, do you tend to, uh, are you patient with the process or do you tend to identify student athletes uh, at a younger period of time and, and begin to develop re- relationship or rapport with the younger student athletes, i.e. freshmen or sophomores, or do you prefer to allow them to get a little bit seasoned and then initiate uh, or initiate dialogue when they're a little bit older? Uh, we wait. Um, we only, I mean, you can look it up somewhere. I'm sure it's written down somewhere. If you look at our recruiting classes, they're very small. Um, we only have, I think, Four or five 2022s committed, um, four 23s committed, no 24s, no 25s. Um, I, I don't have not engaged in, we have not engaged in that early recruiting. Um, young people need an opportunity to uh, develop both academically, emotionally, baseball wise. They need a chance to form some opinions, they need a chance to kind of let their careers play out. Um, and then, you know, for us to recruit them, we have to make sure there's a path to some sort of success. I, I, I um, uh, um, and I know it's getting younger and younger and we just not, ha- we've not gotten involved in that. Um, we have not gotten involved in that. I don't think it's for us. It's not productive. I'm not saying it's not productive for other people, but for us, it's not. Well, I find that to be very refreshing, and I think it's important for parents and student-athletes alike to to understand the mindset of slowing the process down, the benefit it has f- 
for them uh, as well as the future college that they may attend. Can you just expand upon that a little bit as far as just your philosophy, just your school, your philosophy as it pertains to that part of the recruiting process by kind of helping students kind of slow it down and get a, get a deeper look at their a school they're going to spend four years at? Yeah. Well, the, the, the recruiting, when I started recruiting in 91, um, it was certainly a lot different. You didn't even really, kids weren't on the radar until that summer going into their senior year. And you were allowed to talk to them after July 1st. And then the big thing was just to get them to agree to a visit. And then you would go through the fall. They would take five visits they would find out what they like and don't like. And then you made offers and guys said, yes, no. Now it, it seems to be in reverse. Everybody rushes to the table to get committed just because that's what everybody's doing. And then we'll get to know each other and see if it's a fit. Um, and then you might have to backtrack and someone either says, I don't want to go there or the school says, hey, you're not good enough. Um, I just got a DM from a kid that, Hey, I'm opening up my recruiting process again. Um, and that really disturbs me. You know, it just, he, it just disturbs me in the fact that there wasn't enough time taken to find out if that's the right place for you. Not the baseball is one thing and it's an important thing, but the academics, if you can afford it, um, socially, geography, there's all sorts of things. I, I don't understand as a father, I had two sons that played college baseball. I don't understand as a father how some people can commit and they've never been there and they've never met the coaches face to face. Um, that That is, uh, and I'm not saying that it hasn't happened here, but we try, I want to have a conversation with them. I want to look them in the eye. I want to get to know their parents to make sure it's a fit, it might not be a fit. Um, uh, and I think that we're, we're putting the cart before the horse now and just to get committed and then we'll figure out everything later. And if it doesn't work, then we'll just move on. And that's part of it. The young people growing up today, they play on numerous travel teams. Uh, they've been in numerous high schools, not all of them, but a majority of them. So for them just to move on is not that big a deal where to me it's, it's a, it's a huge deal. You know, this is, this is, you know, for a program to become special to you. And I see it a little bit different because I've been here 32 years and I want everybody to feel the same about FAU that I do, which I know is unrealistic, but okay. Things are going to be rocky in the beginning for everybody. Right. We, but let's let it stand the test of time. And when you come out on the end, you're going to be so much better off for it. And people are, you know, the portal now, which has exacerbated the recruiting situation or made it even less that people delve into because like, oh, if I don't like it, I could just go somewhere else. And I think it's just a bad thing for young people to kind of get in their head that it's okay to back out of something and move on. And um, we've had it happen to us a number of times over the last couple of years and it's disturbing, but you know, we're just going to keep doing the way we do it. And, um, there'll be, there's enough players out there. There's enough guys that 
that want to be involved in what we're doing. And I don't really worry about it. I don't concern myself with what other people are doing. I have to tell you, that's a very, very refreshing, uh, you know, your outlook and your thoughts pertaining to the process obviously carry a significant weight. Um, you know, for those families that might be listening, we have a few teams that are listening in your general geographical area. I think it is important for, for parents to understand uh, this is about four years, uh, more to do with academics, more to do with the culture, the social environment, um, you know, the, the academic environment, the library, et cetera. It's, there's more to this whole thing than just baseball. So I'm glad to hear you uh, as a coach being able to, uh, to share that. With regard to your um, your schedule and your travel, uh, a parent wants to know, and I kind of know the answer, but they don't want to hear it from me. How <laughs> how far in advance do you plan your schedule? Meaning, do you have other than out of conference play? Is this something that's done years in advance, uh, or is this something that's done year to year? Our out of conference schedule for twenty three and twenty four just about complete. And then, of course, we'll get assigned a conference schedule at some point when all the musical chairs stop. Um, but we're, we're our 23 schedule is 95 percent done and then 24 is probably 80 percent done. You know, so um, it's gotten, you know, used to be a handshake deal. Now it's contracts. And that was you know, done by coaches. Now it's totally, I do the schedule and then I turn it over to, uh, I hate to say a lawyer, but one of our people on the other side and we have a legal contract and it's, you know, three pages long and we send it to the other school and they sign it. And it's, um, it's not like it used to be, but, uh, um, but we're, we're usually about two years out. So can you explain or give us your thoughts as it pertains to what an FAU student athlete for you, what, what are some of the things that you're looking not only for between the lines, but, you know, away from the field, what, what type of student athlete do you feel is the best fit for your program? Um, we look for first and foremost, a good person. Um, you win games with talented players. You win championships and build a successful program with people, good people, um, because there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. You're like a family. And, you know, I, I grew up with a couple sisters and a brother and we love each other, but we fought, um, <laughs> uh, despite my mom trying to keep us in line and it, that's going to happen. So, Ultimately, for me, and you can ask my everybody that's ever where I've worked with is I always ask the same thing. Are they a good person? And how we find that out is we go to games. We watch them get out of the car. I watch how they interact with their teammates. I, I watch how they interact with their coaches. I, act, I watch how they interact with their parents. We ask them questions on the phone. Um, I ask them how the team did. And if he says – Oh, I went one for two. Um, you know, no, I didn't ask that. I asked, how did the team do? Um, you know, I always, ask, I try to ask, Hey, tell me someone on your team that did something great. Um, 
and just try to get a sense of them. So it's an ideal first is a good person. Second of all, understands the value of being a good teammate. Um, third, of course, they have to be talented. Um, they have to be flexible. They have to be willing to do whatever. Um, hey, you, you're a high school shortstop. We need you to play center field. You're a high school second baseman. We need you to play third base. Um, uh, and then, of course, we want someone that under the part that no one understands or very few people understand is by the time you enter college, your baseball career is closer to being over than beginning. Right. So you've been playing since you're five. You start college at 18 ish. So you probably only have four to five years left. And then if you get a chance to play pro ball, that's great. But we have to recalculate that our in our heads that part of it, because the draft is now only 20 rounds. They've done away with 60 some odd teams. So the opportunity to go play after that, that whole matrix has changed. So we have to decide that I'm going to this university to get this degree. And I want baseball to be part of my university experience. I want the culture of that baseball program to be part of my university experience because my job as the head baseball coach at FAU is to make sure our guys are ready for 23 to 73, right? That's what my job is through the sport of baseball. And of course we want to win. Of course we want to get to Omaha. We want to do all that and we can accomplish those if you recruit the right guys that understand it. Um, that's the guy that we're looking for that understands that this is not just about baseball. And this is not, you can, you can call people that played here. It's not just about baseball. And I have new assistants that come on board and they go, geez, I, I didn't realize that you spent all this time talking about everything, but baseball um, because baseball is the easy part. That's the thing that, is easy. That's what they want to talk about. That's what they want to do. It's our job as educators to give them the other side of it and give them the realistic view of, of what's coming. They've led an unbelievable life up to this point, a special, special life. If you're in college playing division one baseball on any team, do you know how special you are? I mean, do you know how far you've gotten in your career? Um, and things have probably lined up pretty well for you to get to that point. And I'm sure there's been hard. I know there's been hard work, but let's talk. I, let's talk about real hard hardship that you have a wife, you have a daughter, you have a mortgage, you have a car payment, you have insurance. That's that's what's coming. And we have to prepare them for it. We have an opponent that's coming in. Michigan's coming in tomorrow night and we have to prepare for that. But we also have to prepare our guys for, OK, baseball's over. What do we do now? You know, where do we go from here? How are we going to be successful from 23 to 73? That's what we're looking for. I, I find this thoroughly fascinating to be able to hear this directly from a college coach. I think it's refreshing. I think it's it's candid and honest. Uh, information that parents and student athletes need to hear. And I'm going to ask a question off the cuff 
you know, a lot of student athletes envision when they get into college baseball, the recruiting, you know, they just see statistics and results and they think it's going to be this glamorous lifestyle. I, I really would like for you to share with student athletes and parents that are listening a day in the life of a student athlete with regard to fall baseball, meaning, you know, a lot of student athletes that may from, from Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, Northeast, I guess in Florida, it's 12 months a year, but for that student athlete that is a high school baseball player and and, and not playing 12 months a year, what is it like to be a college student athlete when you, your feet hit the ground, you know, your first couple of weeks as a college student uh, in the fall? You talk about getting smacked in the face. It is getting, and, and as much as you try to get these guys ready for it, it's a lot. And, and it's more, listen to me players. When I tell you this and parents, it's, it's the, the workload is immense at times. We get up in the morning and we condition, then you have your class schedule um, then you will have some sort of baseball that day. This is in the skill work session. Um, you'll have some sort of skill work that day. Then we have weights. Um, and then there will be two tutors at night. Um, we don't believe in study hall. We just do tutorials. Uh, I'm not a big study hall person. Everybody go to the same room and sit there and look at each other. And we pretend we're doing homework. Um, that's that we need to, we, we just do tutors um, or someone just to help them organize uh, their academics. Um, the, the, the thing that where the guys have a hard time with is a time management, getting up, making sure that now everything is on you. You've got to go to the cafeteria and eat. Um, you've got to take care of your laundry. You've got to do this. So it's time management. Then it's, when you walk in that locker room for the first time and now it's become even greater in college baseball, you're 18 or 19 years old and where you're coming from, you're a big deal. And you walk in that locker room, there's 23 year old men there and you go, Oh my God. And I could see it on their face. I could see it on their face. They go to the weight room and they see these guys lifting weights and they go, Oh my God. Um, I could see it. That first couple BPs where, you know, they they used to be the guy everybody stopped and take a look at when they were taking BP. And now all of a sudden, um, that's the part. It's the mental stress that they that they're under to get everything done in a day and get it done correctly um, and then live up to the expectations that they have set for themselves. And my role in that in the fall is to tell them and to continually preach to them that what you're feeling is what everybody else is feeling. Some people just mask it better, right? Everybody is homesick. I don't care what they say. Everybody is homesick. I'm 54 years old. I'm still homesick. Um, and I live in the same town as my parent, my mom. Um, you're homesick. You're not sure if you belong. Academics are really hard. You don't get the same breaks that you got in high school academically. It's not easy. It is not easy. Then you want to perform on the field because you think that um, bad performances early in the fall are going to cost you playing time, which I tell them all the time. I go, we're, we're, we're evaluating your 
work ethic. We're evaluating the workload that you can handle, especially early in the fall. I'm not evaluating you against somebody else. That's not fair. You've got to be able to get your feet on the ground and understand what this is really about. And um, uh, it is difficult. Then, you know, the thing that the young people where it goes a little bit astray is they want to take care of social um, things as well. And I don't begrudge anybody having a good time in college because that's what part of the experience is. But, you know, you do have to take a second to realize that you are way different than 95, 98, 99% of the people in that school. What you're there to do, what you told us that you wanted to do, you're different. And you're going to have to take a, a pass on some of the social aspects of college um, because that derails more young people. You don't get enough rest. You're not at your best. It causes you academic issues. Um, so those are the things that the baseball is the baseball and you'll figure it out. It's the rest of it that we need to help you with maneuvering through college. The me I call it the mechanics of college. There's a mechanical way to go through it and it takes people a little bit, a little bit of time to do. I hope that answered it. All I can tell you right now, John, is a, I take a lot of notes on this topic and B, I'm <laughs> getting a lot of questions now from parents. So okay. you're, you're creating a, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, of parental parental questions pertaining to this is what I want to hear. This is so refreshing. And so this is, <laughs> this is great you know um, the, to, for the parents out there. You know, the one way you can help your sons is don't ask them how practice was or daughters. If you, if um, years ago we tried an experiment and, and the reason why we tried this experiment is I got a, uh, I got an opportunity to talk to the mental skills coach of the Minnesota twins a couple of years ago. And he said, he goes, what is your biggest problem coach? I said, managing expectations, um, managing parental expectations, managing travel ball expectations in terms of the way the young people are told how good they are all the time. And I said, I can see it when I walk by the locker room after we enter squad, the guys are out in the parking lot on their phone or they're, you know, what, before we go to weights, they're talking to somebody, they're checking in with their parents. And I understand because the way baseball has become or most youth sports there's such a financial investment made by the parents at an early age and they want to be involved. And when you start talking about money, people want to be involved. And I don't want to say parents naively want to return on their investment, but they've invested a lot. They want to make sure that their sons um, and daughters, if there's any uh, maybe softball people listen, are getting taken care of. And so I asked the team, I said, do me a favor. When your parents call or you call your parents, do everything you can to not talk about baseball. Turn the conversation towards your little brother, your aunt, your uncle, your grandmother. I said, pick out uh, a baseball game, you know, a big league baseball game, pick out a topic. And I asked the team, I said, we're not grading this. We're just seven days. One guy went seven days. And I would ask him every day at practice before we start, like, okay, how do we do last night? And um, the, the, the advent of the 
cell phone has really been detrimental to young people's careers because they don't have a chance after practice or after a game to digest what happened and compartmentalize it for himself. They are immediately bombarded with calls and texts, whether they did great or did poorly, right? Um, whereas I'm going to say when I grew up, I, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, I walked seven miles uphill back and forth to school in the snow. Um, but you only talk to your parents once a week in college because a long distance phone call was too expensive. So you learn to, you know, handle with your deal with your own failures or successes, either one. Um, and nowadays that's not the case. And, you know, I feel for young people today because of the cell phone and because the advent of internet, because everybody knows what's going on in their baseball career. They can look up the box score. They can look up the stats. So your buddy, who's your, who's your closest friend is texting you, man, I know you didn't play again last night. You're getting screwed. You're getting jobbed, man. That's terrible. And now all of a sudden it becomes, I'm getting screwed, you know, and it becomes a more difficult thing. So the less, the less we can talk about it, not that we're going to bury our heads in the sand, but let's make our relationship with our sons about something other than baseball. Right. Um, and I used to, I, I, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I did this with my own sons when they were away playing. Um, and they were very average college baseball players. I would never bring up baseball unless they called and brought it up to me. I would, Hey, how's school? How's roommates? Anything goofy happened in the dorms, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, I don't know. That's just a little piece of advice. Maybe it helps somebody. It's something a lot of people coach because you don't generally get this type of feedback or response or this candor and this, this honesty. And I think it's important for parent, both parents and student athletes to, to understand these dynamics of becoming a student athlete. And when you are a student athlete, some of the obstacles or hurdles that, you know, you may, you know, you may have to deal with. And so on that topic, I, you know, as a, as a head coach at the division three level in the very beginning of the spring season, when we were about to head South to a warmer climate, I would hand a lineup card to my, you know, I would hand a lineup card out to every student athlete. And I would say, I want you guys to write out your starters and I want you to put your subs on the, on the, on the, you know, fill this out as if you were the head coach of this team and turn them all in. You don't have to turn them in to me directly. You can just leave them in a box next to the office. Can you explain to the parents that typically a team knows because they're involved 100%. in the pra practice, what that means. In other words, when somebody says you're getting screwed or you, you know, you got to transfer, can you explain that dynamic of those people that are there physically day to day watching practice and how a team truly understands who deserves and who should be playing on any given day? I do. We do the same thing. We do it at the end of the fall and um, we give each young man a survey of the fall and it's, they get to evaluate us. They evaluate, their teammates, they evaluate, and we ask them to put a starting lineup in, you know, travel roster. And they're spot on because the guys want to, they want to win. 
Um, so I think that is, that's unbelievable. And I go through each one and I have a meeting with the player and I tell them, I'll look at everything and I'll say, Hey, I, I think you're on the right track because one of the things that we preach in our program is self-awareness, um, that you have to be open to accept, uh, criticism, accept praise. Um, and part of it is these learning opportunities to sit down with them and say, Hey, look, I know you think you're doing really good, but these are the things we need to work on. And this is where we have to get here. This is where your teammates see you. Do you understand that? And I, 99% of the time they do. And I always use the term, the cocoon when we're in the cocoon of the dugout, everybody kind of understands the hierarchy of what's going on, right? You've been in it, right? Um, it's when they leave that cocoon that it's really hard for them to say when someone looks down and we're in game eight and they got two at bats and they go, Oh man, you, you need to get out of there. That guy's not treating you right. Um, or you should be playing. I've seen that other guy play and it's really hard for a young person to go, no, no, he beat me out in practice. He's a better player. I need to get better. There's a greater plan for me here. It's really hard for a young person to say that they shrug it off. And then, it starts eating at them, right? And they go, oh, you know what? I, am, I I think I am getting screwed, you know? You need to get out of there. You need to do this. And everybody has a ton of advice, but there's I'm the only one at practice. Myself, the assistants, no one else is at, no other people that are telling them all these things are at practice. They don't know what's going on. So it's really difficult for the players um, to be able to continually tell their friends and their moms and their dads and their high school coach and travel coach. No, no, everything's fine. Um, I, hey, I, I know exactly where I stand. Coach has been great. Um, and I think it's an amazing thing um, to communicate with the young people, sit them down, explain to them where they, where they are in the program, how you want to try to use them. Again, they have to be flexible but give them things they need to work on. These are the things that we need you to work on. And then sometimes for the, for the players out there, sometimes the other guy is just better, right? The other guy is just better. Um, and you've got to get yourself better. Right. Um, and, uh, that happens too. So people always want to point fingers like, Hey, someone's not doing this for me opposed to looking at it and say, Hey, I've got to get better. That I didn't realize that that 23 year old man that's playing short is that good because young people that are listening to this, remember when you play a baseball game right now, everybody is a year older, the same age or a year younger. When you get into college, there are going to be guys five years older than you, especially now with NCA granting additional years because of uh, what we went through in 20 college baseball is getting older. The other part of this is, and I don't know if anybody has seen it, which I'm sure people have, the amount of 19-year-old freshmen, 20-year-old freshmen, because kids are being held back at earlier ages or you know, they're doing a gap year or stuff like that. So college baseball is getting to be, you know, I jokingly say an old man's game, but it's getting there. You know, the 17-year-old freshman is is really at a disadvantage just because of physiology you know his body is not is not developed yet um so those are some of the things that uh, uh we talk about and i really like that i think more coaches should do the lineup thing you know i really 
I really believe it because the one great thing about guys being on a team and Walter, you know, this is they want to win, man. And they want to put, they might, their roommate might be their best friend, but if he's not going to be the best guy, they're not going to put him down. You know that. And I know that, right. Um, they want to win. They want to win. It's so true. It is so true. And I can remember the very first year I did that, I had an upperclassman come to me and say, what was the purpose of that? You know, we all want to win, so we're all going to kind of create it. I said, exactly. I said, so it, it, this is something that should be spoken about as a team. This is about being together in unity to try and create a culture that everybody strives to be working to be a little better every day. So the development piece, we hear that word everywhere. We talk development every time we talk to somebody with regard to college baseball. Everybody talks development. Can you talk to development at the college level, both in the summer, the, the, the kind of the summer league component, and as student-athletes, the physical maturation occurs, there's a development curve that occurs during that 18 to, say, 22, 23-year-old time period that a lot of parents forget about. Can you just talk to that dynamic a little bit? Yeah, development um, is – it's a two-way street, right? Um, there's passive development where you're just going to get, it's just going to happen because your body is changing. And then there's active development when you're actually actively engaged in it and everything of it. Um, the first part of development that we talk about is off the field development, being the best version of you. If the better you are off the field, the easier things become on the field. You get to where you're supposed to be on time. You are good with your meals. You are good with your sleep. So the first thing that you have to learn when you get to college is non-baseball development. And that is being able to get yourself up in the morning, being able to get yourself to bed in the, at night, being able to feed yourself correctly, um, being able to hydrate, being able without being told, right? Um, because I'm not going to your dorm room to tell you what to do. Um, you have got to learn that that's the first part of development. And people don't understand that because up until the point most of these guys go to college, they're living in their parents' house, right? Their, their mom comes in and wakes them up in the morning. Hey, you got to go to school or, hey, this is going to happen. Hey, come on, let's go. Uh, there's there's a full refrigerator of food. There is possibly someone making them breakfast um, or there's some form or fashion of, of some sort of food where they can grab and go and get where they need to get. Laundry's being done for them for the most part, right? Laundry's being done for them. Uh, there's transportation available um, in some form or fashion. So that's the first thing that we have got to help them with is try to understand that portion of it first. Then development uh, on the field would be first and foremost in the weight room. Um, that's where your biggest gains are going to come, right? The baseball, you lift weights to enhance your natural ability. Lifting weights is not going to change your natural ability. It's going to enhance it. So we lift weights and condition to get you to be able to repeat your natural ability on a consistent basis, if that makes sense. Um, 
at a younger age, you're not as strong. So you're really good on at those tournaments. Sometimes you're really good the first day, second day, you're, you're good. And it starts to trail off because you don't have the strength to be able to hold that swing or hold that uh, arm swing or whatever it might be running speed. So the gains that you see are through the weight room and we're going to naturally, that's going to have, again, help your natural um, talent. Uh, Then the gains will come as you continue to play through experience. Major League Baseball for hundreds, hundred and something years, the development was in the number of games that they play, right? That you continually go from A ball to double A, triple A in the big leagues. And even before that, it was like D ball, C ball, right? Remember, I'm not that old, but, um, and it was about the number of games that you play. So again, getting back to the fall, the development is in the inner squads where you're seeing live pitching, you're seeing better pitching that you might've seen previous to you getting there on a, on a, you know, we try to enter squad about three times a week in the fall, maybe four times, depending on where we are. Um, and then just, you know, you get the more ground balls you get, the more times you're going to be able to say, Oh, I've seen that hop before I got to go get it. Right. The more times you've seen that, that, that you're, you're a center fielder and that lefty, the ball that slices off his bat and you know how to get to it. That's where the development comes and it takes time. It takes patience. It takes hard work. Um, it takes consistent consistency. There are no shortcuts. Um, and it's about everything, you know, it's everything is intertwined. How much rest you get the night before the breakfast you have that morning the ability for you to be at your tip top to be able to accept all this development. And then the other thing that you have to be is, a, is coachable. Um, you have to be coachable. You have to be a, have the ability to understand that maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's a different way to do it. Maybe there's a way that suits you and you got to listen. And I think the best, the best players that I've been around are very open to coaching and I don't want, sometimes I don't even call it coaching. I think they're open to collaboration, right? Um, I've always, I've never told anybody you have to do it this way or you can't play here. I said, we want you to get to this swing or we want you to get to this. How can, how can you get there with our help? You know, that's the way we all, I always phrased it, especially when I was working with hitters and infielders more consistently um, is I never wanted to tell somebody this is the way you have to do it because they get resentful. They don't want it to work out because no one wants to be told what to do. But I think if you phrase it as this is where I think we need to get to and how we get there, we could, we could get there a number of different ways. And most importantly, when they get to that point and they have success, they're going to feel good about themselves because they were, they had a hand in it they're going to learn a lot about themselves and they're going to learn a lot about baseball. And then they're going to be hungry for more collaboration opposed to being talked down to and saying, Hey, this is the way we do it. And I played for a guy. I love him, but I've asked, I asked him questions and said, he'd say, well, I'm the coach and this is the way we're doing it. And I would get, I would get a little, 
I would get my Irish up, so to speak. And, you know, and, and I probably didn't get the full, the full coaching experience that I should have because I closed myself off because of that. So, um, that's a little bit roundabout way for development, but I think that, I think everybody should have got the gist. I hope. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of parents that are firing off questions here. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get to all the questions, but I'm going to get to most of them. I promise. And yes, he is being candid. So I will continue along that line of, of questioning. A parent wants to know if their student athlete is having difficulties, whether it be with a girlfriend, whether it be with a roommate, whether it be with academics, is that something that you as a coach or your coaching staff tends to hear about or deal with on a regular basis? Or is that something that other people at the school would, would get involved with? No, we hear about it. Um, and we'll, uh, the one thing with, with me, um, I don't like dance around. If I hear there's something wrong, I'll walk right up to them. I don't, you know what I mean? Um, Hey, I hear this uh, because the one thing about young people, especially when you're when you're on a team and you're coaching a team and, and they have a tendency to talk and they forget you're there. So um, I'll go right up to them um, and ask them, hey, can we help you with this? Is this going to be a issue? What is the you know, what do we what happened? Um, and sometimes they say, hey, coach, I got it or I, I do have help and we do have a. Uh, we do have professional help in the athletic department. The school has professional help for those type of things if it becomes an issue. But the the message I the message I continually preach to them is everybody goes through these things. Even if you like non-students, students, med students, you know, pre-law, whatever it is, everybody on this campus is going through something. Um, so there's plenty of people to talk to. Um, and, and the best thing you get, the best thing that you have is your teammates and I enlist them more. So I say, Hey, this guy's struggling a little bit. You went through this two years ago. Just, just spend 10 minutes with him in the cage and tell him, you know what I mean? Or maybe sit down with him at lunch tomorrow or, you know, what if we have, you know, we have team lunches and dinners occasionally at different times and, and just let him know he'll get through it. And I think that works better than trying to seek out professional help on a continual basis, because I, 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 I might offend some people here, but I think part of what we're in right now is we're constantly telling young people that they're having problems and uh, which they all do. We all do. And, and we're, I think sometimes we're making them greater than they really are. And I think our job is to be able to help them to understand that you'll get through it. Everybody, everybody's had something like this. If we just continue to communicate, we can get through it. Um, you don't have to hide it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, so you broke up with your girlfriend. It, it's probably happened to everybody on this team at some point. Um, you know, those type of things, they can all be helped. Um, and we try to help as much as we possibly can, because part of my job in the recruiting process is the parents have entrusted me to help them raise their son. That's what it comes down to. Right. That's what it comes down to is 
They've raised their son and they're going to continue to raise their son. But while they're not with him every day and I am, they've asked me to help out. So I step in where I think I need to. And um, again, I I have two sons of my own and uh, I've had 32 years worth of other sons. um, And I think I have a pretty good feel of where to step in and where to kind of back away and, you know, try to maneuver through and help the guys opposed to making it maybe bigger than it really is. If that makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. And I want to offer, I want to ask a question from a parent. I know you have a couple of your coaches that are also joining us in the room and our parents have brought that to my attention. Does, do you as a staff work on projectable skill sets? And this is coming from a parent who has a son that is a pitcher currently 86 87 miles per hour not quite 95 98 that they see all over social media currently a sophomore are you involved with metrics and analytics and all these other types of uh, recruiting information uh, or sources or are you really putting eyeballs on and projecting that student athlete and what they will become once they become a part uh, of florida atlantic um i i I would rather do the eyeball thing. Um, the metrics are, it's important. And there's, there is a, um, there is a place for it, but in true development, um, in true development, uh, the, the spin rates and the tilts and all those things are certainly important, but that stuff doesn't matter to the hitter that the, the hitter doesn't say, Oh, You've got your spin rate above 2,800. Now I can swing and miss. That's fine. I, you know, um, I, I think the, the development part is what looking at the body, um, because I always say that there's, there's two things that as college coaches, we have to, we have to remember, um, there is a thing called DNA and everybody's DNA has a somewhat of a ceiling, Right. If there was no ceiling on DNA, why isn't everybody throwing 100 and everybody running a 6160? There's a ceiling on DNA. Um, So you have to look at how the body moves. You have to look at how the arm works. Then you have to do some digging on, you know, who you're getting involved with, the type of person. Um, You can look at the parents and do a little projecting and say, oh, okay, the dad's 6'4", the mom is 5'10". Um, uh, uh, I know sometimes DNA skips a generation, but you know, all the arm works good. There are, there's a high level of, of human intelligence. Um, there's a high level of hard work. Okay. We think there's more in there as long as they're throwing strikes and competing. Um, uh, and they're around the zone is for us is more important than, the guy, the, the young kid that's throwing 89 and it's all over the place and the breaking ball is a banger, but he hasn't thrown it for a strike in two years. And those, there isn't enough time in college baseball to develop that. And part of that development is they need to pitch to get better. But in college, guys have got to win. So there isn't just free innings where you can, Say, ah, you know what? We're just going to throw this away. 
uh, and we're going to roll the dice with it. Uh, because for us to play you, and I use this term, and I don't know if any other coach does, for us to play you, you have to become predictable. I don't know if anybody understands what I'm saying is I say to our players all the time, become predictable and we'll get you in a game. And if I know plus or minus a little bit of a range, good or bad, that I know what I'm going to get from you, then I can play you because I can plug that into not a computer. I can plug it into my head and say, okay, this lineup works and there's no, you know, atom bombs waiting for us there. If that makes sense. Um, So the projectability is eyes. Um, but if you're a pitcher and you're young, I would more be concerned with throwing strikes um, and changing speeds than I would be trying to get your velocity higher because I, you would get you, you, too many young people are sustaining injuries trying to chase that magical velo, you know, opposed to being able to throw strikes and move the ball around and, and actually learn the art of pitching. I think it's important. I think you bring up an absolute huge uh, topic, become predictable, become consistent. And we have a lot of high school players that come out of these 20, 30 high school games. They're going into an environment, you know, they all aspire to play next level, you know, college pro ball, et cetera. You can't have these massive peaks and these mega valleys. We have to be predictable. And if you could just expand on that just a little bit, meaning with regard to structure, routine, disciplines in those routines. Because when I'm talking with parents and I try to, you know, they say, oh, my son had a scout. You know, he's going to play. He wants to play professional baseball. And, you know, and and I try to get them to understand, oh, okay, well, in order to start thinking about college and then hopefully professional baseball, we might want to lift more than once a week. We might want to play catch more than twice a week. We might want to be taking some, you know, some swings uh, on a daily basis. A lot of parents or student athletes, they think they have to do that in a, in a lesson or in a, in a cage. Can you just speak to the, don't get me started. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to go down that road, but just, just expand on that with the disciplines that it really takes to be a predictable player? Well, again, it starts off the field. It, it starts in, you know, getting your routine in terms of waking up and going to the cafeteria and getting your schoolwork done and then getting a good lift in and, and try to do it on a similar time schedule every day and try to uh, get it into where, it fits with everything that you're doing and predictability is I, I I'm not saying that you have to go up and be go two for four. I'm saying that you have to go up and just have good at bats um, that I have the feeling because you've done all the cage work, you've done all the, the, um, the, the weight work you've done, you've done your drills that I know you're going to go up and give us a, a good at bat. And I know that if I ask you to get a bunt down, uh, 75 to 90% of the time, you're going to get it down. You know, I know that when that ground ball is hit to you, you're going to pick it up and throw it to first. But more importantly, I know that on a bump play, you're going to know where to go. More college baseball games, there's issues. And I tell young people all the time, you don't get on the field because you don't know where to go, when to be there. And when you solve that, 
that if you're playing second base and there's a bunt play and you're supposed to be at first base or there's a ground ball to short and you're supposed to be back in a first base, if you can't do that, you can't play. Because the mistake being not where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, that has a greater impact on the game than you just missing a ground ball. It has a greater impact on the game than you just missing a ground ball. Same thing with pitchers. If you can't back up bases, if you don't know the bun plays, if you don't know how to the pickoff plays, it's really hard for us to put you out there because God forbid someone gets on base, how are you going to maneuver through the inning? And that's the that's where I, that's part of the problem that we're seeing with young people now that are doing so many lessons that doesn't include any sort of PFP bunts, um, pickoffs, backing up bases. Um, that's where these guys have a hard time sometimes maneuvering through games uh, because I know those lessons are really important, um, but no one's ever on first base, right? No one's, no one's ever on first base, but getting back to the, the better your routine is off the field, as I mentioned earlier in this, in this call about being those things, then you turn your, that same thing into baseball And those routines, people don't, those routines really help with the mental side of the the game where you can continue to take that 30, 40, 50 ground balls and mentally be able to not have your mind drift, not start taking them off to the side to be able to do it. And if you're in that routine and you're doing it every day, now all of a sudden you're going to start turning into a player. Same thing. And I do believe that there is a finite amount of work you can do, but in the work that you, that we want you to do, where you have to be mentally kind of locked in that you can take, we're going to say 30 ground balls and be able to execute them um, without your mind starting to wander, that you can get into the cage and do a full BP of drill machine on field BP and to be able to be locked in and it, it's it's harder than people think, but the better your routine is before you get to the field and while you're at the field and your routine might be different than the guy next to you, but the better your routine is, the better you the better chance you have to be able to lengthen out that um, that ability to concentrate. And when you can concentrate and you can concentrate not only for one inning, but two innings, nine innings, now all of a sudden you're putting together a predictable uh, body of work that we can say, okay, you know what? Now it's your turn to play. So that's kind of, I hope that. I I think it's so perfect for parents. Now, a lot of the questions that are racing in here right now have to do with why don't more people know this? Why don't we hear this? I am certainly not going to take this down the path that lessons are bad. Travel ball is bad. That's not what I am saying. It's not what coach McCormick is saying. What I want, Maybe if you could kind of discuss this component with regard to sometimes travel baseball doesn't prevent present the actual environment, meaning it could be time limits on games. It could be, you know, three inning games as opposed to seven or nine inning games. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, ultra competitive or consistently competitive uh, games, uh, at least to, to when I am watching games during the summer. Do you think that has an effect 
on the learning curve of some of the 100%. younger players. So can you just share that as a coach and why well, it's important to know? It, it, the learning curve, it goes hand in hand with the competition curve. That When you're on certain travel teams, and now, again, we go back to the money, which I don't begrudge anybody to make money. Um, when we go, it goes back to the money. So the, the young people inherently know that they are going to play because their parents have paid the fee or their grandparents or whomever. So if I go 0 for 4 with two errors and I'm sharing third base with Billy Smith, he's going to play the next game, then I'm going to play the game after that. So if I go, if my team goes to Atlanta and we play eight games, he plays four, I play four, why do I need to do any more work when I get home? I, I've played four games. He's played four games. I'm, I didn't miss out on anything. And we, the – the competition part where like, oh my God, I had a bad game and I only got to play one other game or I got a couple pinch hits. Now I got to, when I get home, I've got to work and work to be able to beat that guy out, um, to be able to get at bats. So the competition part has changed the learning curve and the ability for these kids to kind of look at it and go, Oh my God, I got to get better. And that's part of what happens when they get to college or professional baseball, they get smacked in the face going, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to play just because I'm on the team. That's not how it works. Um, So that's part of what's, what's happened. And I, again, I, I not only see it from a college coach, I see it from a father. You know, I watched it happen. My son played on trap. My sons played on travel teams and I watched it. Um, uh, and I watched it. So um, you've got to, you've got to find someone in your circle that can tell you the truth. You got to find someone. Uh, and, I, and again, I'm not opposed to lessons. I'm not opposed to anything. Um, but you've got to find someone that can tell you the truth and say, Hey, you are not good enough. You've got to get better at A, B, and C. Again, we're not talking about um, we're not talking about you being good on the local travel team. We're talking about be, you being good nationally, right, or regionally. Um, those are the things that you want to know. But it's re- and I and and it's really hard. I feel bad for parents because again, I saw it when my sons were in high school. Is parents want help? but it's really hard for them to get it and they don't know who to trust. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't envy what they're going through and I do have uh, a lot of empathy for what they're going through. Cause it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, but you've got to seek somebody out that you feel um, I don't want to say is impartial, but will tell you the truth of where your son um, and or daughter again um what their, where their true talents lie. Um, because again, sometimes in the, in the space that we're in now with summer baseball, because we're playing our season, we don't get to see as much high school baseball as we would like. And I think high school baseball is awesome. You know, you're playing for the name on the front of the Jersey, not on the back and you're trying to win a championship and, you know, you have the support of your school. And I think it's so, 
fantastic. And, um, you know, the summer ball, we don't have that as much, right? You meet your team at the tournament, you travel with your parents. And again, you, you go through pool play and, you know, it's just, it's just a different, it's a different atmosphere. Um, it's a different atmosphere and, and, um, you know, necessity becomes the mother of invention, right? You're not playing. You got to figure something out. Hey, but if you are playing and you go, wait a minute, I must be pretty good. I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing. He's playing. I'm playing. Everything's good. So it's, it's, it's tough. That, that's the, the part, the competition part, um, we're missing out on more so than, uh, um, when it came to your original question. And I think that, if that makes, if that, if people understand that, that's what I believe. I, I think it's, I think it's when you, first of all, when you have parents asking if there's going to be a replay of this available, you know, <laughs> that uh, things are going re- really, really well. So I'm just going to take up a few more minutes of your time because no worries. This is, I think, that, no worries. I think a lot of parents are, are, are kind of shocked. I, I, that's the only word I can use as far with regard to the candor and the honesty. And one of the things I'm being asked is, how come these type? How come Coach McCormick isn't more visible on social media? I.e., meaning FAU. Do you want student athletes to put, "Hey, Coach Mac, I'm over here." Hashtag Owls. I mean, coaches. The parents are asking me, "Geez, I've never heard this coach speak before. It, it, this is great. Should we start?" I'm not. I'm 59 years old, so to me, this is kind of foreign language. Hashtagging. Florida Atlantic should we be hashtagging I, I, I mean that's fine um uh I, I I'm not a huge self-promoter um I, I don't I, I I I do this out of sheer love um and I I again for everybody that's listening this is what I believe uh I'm not saying this is what college baseball should be this is the way I run the program that I run Florida Atlantic university. Um, I'm very honored to be there. There's only been three head coaches in that time. And uh, I know those go, I know both of the gentlemen, I work for one of them, coach Cooney for 17 years, 18 years. And he's like a second father to me. And this is what I was taught. And this is the way I want young people to be treated. This is the way they're treated in our program. I, I don't, I, I believe, um, uh, social media is fine. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to give a false impression to people like, oh, we're going to be out there recruiting. Because um, if you look at our recruiting classes, there are five people. There are eight people, high school kids. There are five. There are eight. There are nine. You, we don't have uh, uh, recruiting classes of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen kids. Um, and I, people always say, well, just give him a call. And I was like, I would rather see him play first to see if he's a fit before I get their hopes up that we're going to, you know what I mean? Because there's so much of that where schools are just calling kids and they're doing it just to, well, we just want to throw our name in the hat. Well, I, that gives the young people and it gives the family a false sense of what's going on. Um, do your homework first. Find out about the young man, find out about the play, see if it might be a fit and be honest with him up front. Say, hey, I don't know where this is going to lead. I just wanted to say hi. Um, We're going to try to get out and see you play. This is what our potential need is. Um, 
you can tag us. That would be great. Uh, if we don't, and some of this, if we don't tag you back, I, I apologize, but I am not a great self promoter or maybe a great promoter of the program in terms of, Hey, look at us. Um, I, I just am not good at that. Um, because to me, um, where things go wrong a little bit is people promote a certain way, but when you get there, it's totally different. And everybody goes, wait a minute, that's not what I saw on, you know, social media. That's not what I uh, saw. So I would rather uh, undersell and over, over, what are they, how's that go? Undersell and over. Over deliver. Over deliver. Okay. That's what I want. So I have uh, some student athletes that are currently junior college students. They want okay. to know: Do you do you recruit from JUCO and yes, or the I play transfer JUCO baseball portal? Myself. Okay, they want to hear about it. That's what they're excited about right now. No, we do. We 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 don't. Um, uh, we recruit anybody. Um, any, you know, JUCO. We haven't done much of the portal thing. I'm not. Again, I don't want to be the old man, get off my lawn. I'm just not totally secure in the portal um, yet. Um, I, I, I don't begrudge anybody getting an opportunity to change their situation. I just think that um, it might still be in the um, experimental stages of, of, um, of uh, giving young people outs um, and they're always looking for the exit door before they get really involved in the program. And my advice to every single person that's listening is get invested in the place that you're at and have an honest conversation with the people that are running it about your future. And don't be afraid to get your feelings hurt. And then if you can get to that point, then you can sit down and say, okay, you know what? Maybe I do need to look around. But so many people are looking for an exit strategy before they actually get invested in the program. And how can you get, how can you become better and develop and get, become part of the fabric when you already got one foot out the door and you got you, a guy that gave you lessons on the phone trying to find you a soft learn, landing space before you, you know, are totally invested in the program, um, get invested in the program, get invested in your teammates. And, um, you know, it's going to look at, you're going to look at it totally different. Um, you're going to look at it totally different, but we do recruit from anywhere. Um, community college kids are, are a valuable resource for us. They can come in and, and play right away and, you know, kind of a plug and play, um, uh, you know, the high school student athlete, uh, I, I know as many accolades they have, it's really hard for them to go into division one baseball and play right away. It's, it's, the game is so good uh, and it's just getting better. Major league baseball is doing us a favor by chopping all these minor league teams and cutting the rounds to 20. There's so many good players in college baseball that wouldn't have been there three, four years ago because of what's going on. So, it's you got to be ready. You've got to be ready and realize it's 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 going to be tough. But we don't. We, we've had some grad transfers, um, 
we've had three grad transfers and I don't think we've had any traditional portal guys, maybe one. Um, uh, um, I just, uh, that again, I haven't wrapped my head around yet. I'm not saying we won't do it, but um, I don't know. I, I, I just, again, we're, we're, we're the portal is teaching young people um to it's okay out. to say it yeah it's okay to say it so yeah. I, I don't want you to hold back there because i think it's becoming almost as if everybody wants to have a plan b before they even thought about 100%. executing plan a 100 percent. so i think if you so when you say it's really hard you know we we hear coaches say that and then they go on another topic and when I talk to a parent and I say, you know, somebody will call me and they'll say, hey, I, I've been using uh, recruiting service X or I take uh, where with this travel ball organization and they think I'm good enough to play at school X, Y, Z. And I said, OK, first of all, if you understand the, the limited, the finite number of student athletes that play college baseball, and then we cut that n- number almost in thirds as far as Division One baseball is concerned. Can you just talk about, I don't want you to go so much into the difficulty or the challenges, but just giving it an opportunity, like really working through the adversity and understanding that in life, you're going to be a husband, you're going to be a parent, you're going to deal with all sorts of circumstances that are challenging and difficult. But with regard to college baseball, it's hard. There are elite athletes with elite skill sets and that being in that program and immersing yourself in a a plan A you don't have to run when 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 it gets too hot. Well, I, I think that the this every not every the majority of college athletic issues stem from recruiting. Um, and where you see this now, you know, a guy a coach follows a kid on Twitter. That hey, have the coach you know hey call the coach have the kid call me. And then he's committed and there are no real conversations um, with that, with that parent and that student athlete with the coach to find out what the future is going to be. So if you sit in someone's office and you sit there and ask them questions and say, what happens if this, what happens with that? Let's get to know each other. Let's, then when something bad happens on campus, like you're not playing and you guys think it's a terrible thing, but it's not always the, the worst thing. Then we'd have a relationship. We can sit down and say, we talked about this. Remember, just hang in there. There is a long term plan. Just hang in there. I think when you get the guys just committing because the, they have cool uniforms and, you know, they got a really nice stadium. Then they get there and they go, wait, wait a minute. This is not what I thought it was going to be. But that's on you because you didn't do your homework. Um, And a lot of uh, you have to do your homework and find out who you're going to go play for. Um, And and if it's and if it's um, I know sometimes everybody says, well, you know, they they gave me a couple hours. They gave me a day. And, you know, I I really wanted to go to school there. Well, what did you know about it? What did you know about um, what did you know about the academics? What did you know about? Um, you know, my first, my, one of my first recruiting, uh, like kind of slap in the face was a young man. This was God, 
25 years ago, 28 years ago. And he, he said his major was going to be ocean engineering or marine science or something like that. And I said, well, that really cuts down where you can go. And so we did all, I did all this work of we, I did all this work about getting him the brochures for this major. And we had a visit set up and he was going to go get to meet people. And he commits to a school that's landlocked that doesn't have any of this stuff. And I knew they didn't have it. I was like, what happened? And he's like, well, you know, uh, they, they, uh, uh, they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. I go, but what happens if baseball doesn't work out? What are you going to do for a major? What would you, well, I, I go, from the time that you told me, from the time that you were in seventh or eighth grade, you always wanted to be in marine science or you always wanted. Now, what what would just because and he couldn't answer it. And I don't ever you know, I don't know what happened with him. But again, he got off what was most important, which led to which leads to future problems. If you sit down and decide on what's important, I think it alleviates some of those things that happen in the future. Again, where you can sit down and say, hey, I knew what I was getting into. I trust the coaches. I trust them. They say there's a plan for me. There's a path for me to have success. I'm going to stay in their corner and I'm going to keep working at it. And I know, again, I know it's really hard for me to sit here on the on this side of the desk to say that. Um, and everybody's out there. Oh, it's easy for you. You don't, I, I get it. I, I get it. Um, uh, you know, you've, you've invested in your son's future. You finally get a chance for someone that wants them. And are you going to put the brakes on it so you can do all this investigating? I know, I know it's really tough, but it might save you some grief down the line. Um, and part of, part of what you can do previous to anybody even contacting you is sit down with your son and have open conversations and say, okay, what majors do you think um, you would want to get involved in? And I know there, this is the part that, this is the part that, and I'll get to it in one second. Where do you want to live in the country? And people tell me when I say that people say, well, they're young kids. They don't know what they want. They're young kids. They don't know what they want, but it's okay for you, for you to tell for them to tell you they want to commit to a school at 14. You just told me they didn't know what they wanted. You didn't, you just told me that we shouldn't ask them what major they want because they're too young. They don't even know how to drive yet. They, they have a hard time ordering food at a restaurant, but yet it's okay for them to commit to a school because this is what they've always wanted to do. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, so do the work ahead of time, sit down with your family, sit down at the dinner table, have the young man write some things down that he's looking for. You guys be honest with your son about the finances, which I know sometimes is taboo um, to sit down and say, Hey, that's a really good option. These are the things that we're looking for that might not be in our wheelhouse, but we'll listen to it. And I think if we do some of those pre have those pre conversations, if something jumps up, you can kind of vet it a little bit. And the other thing I'll tell all parents, if you're not interested Tell the college coach you're not interested. You're not going to hurt his feelings. He's heard it before. Where we get mad is if we talk three, five, eight, nine times, and then all of a sudden, well, I didn't really want to go there anyways, or that didn't really interest me. Well, you knew that from the beginning. Just be honest. Um, we can handle it. We're grown men. This is part of our job. Um, uh, and, you know, expect the same from them. 
except the same from the coaches. Hey, coach, man, I really appreciate it. I'm really, I'm really into you guys recruiting me. If it ever comes to a point that I'm not in your plans, will you just let me know so then I could go to my next thing? Um, but ultimately, to get back to it, find a place that has – the baseball is great, but everything else you're looking for, get invested in it, stay there, develop a relationship with the coaching staff, um, which you should have developed during the recruiting process, and talk about your development and then deal with playing time when it comes. And I think if you do that, if you ever needed to exit out of there, those guys will help you immensely opposed to it, it turning into a push and pull, which we never want. John, first of all, I, I don't say this every – we've done this for a long time, but I must tell you, every single parent – question that has come into me they start with this guy is amazing why can't we hear more of this so i first want to say on, on behalf of butch and brad and brian and myself i want to say thank you because no I thank think, you i i think I this is truly it. a tremendous learning opportunity for student athletes and parents alike because they heard real talk they heard a real dialogue as it pertained uh, to the to the recruiting environment, regardless of what level of, of college baseball. And this will this is on a podcast. People will be able to find their way to it. I have no doubt. I'm getting people asking me now about Coach Greg and Coach Mack, and I said, you know, they're accessible. Obviously, they're accessible. They're on social media, so make yourself known. But I want to thank you very very much for. Not only joining us tonight, we look for we'd love to have you back because this has been fantastic. Um, Anytime, if I can help, I, I this is again parents, players. I know this isn't easy. Um, I know it it seems very glamorous, uh, the recruiting process, and everybody wants to get wined and dined. But you got to take an active role in what's going on and make sure that you are ready. Uh, if I can give you a couple quick pieces of advice, absolutely. Um, one. The first and foremost thing, parents, have your taxes done uh, um, uh, because they're going to be asked for. Kids, players, have an unofficial copy of your transcript. And if you plan on going to college, take college-level courses. Get into those AP courses. Do the best you can. Take those, take those courses that are going to challenge you academically. Um, don't, don't try to get out of, you know, school at 1045 and you know you got all your credits taken care of take an extra writing class take whatever you think you might be going into challenge yourself academically um, some of the best baseball players are the smartest guys man um, and be accessible if a coach calls you call them back if a coach emails you email them back be polite be nice um, that's one of the one of the things that we and I know young people always I'm told all the time young people Oh, you know how shy they are. Well, you got to get over it, man. Um, uh, and then be truthful to yourself. And when you go visit somebody, really listen to what they have to say. Really listen to what they expect from you. And parents, your role there is to be the sounding board for your son. You've had an opportunity to live life a little bit more than your son so you need to walk out of that office and say, yeah, this guy's genuine or Ooh, we got to watch herself um, because, you know, you can't just 
hear what you want to hear. You have to go in there and say, hey, you know what? He was truthful. At least we're going to get the straight dope. And, and that's what you need to get. But for you, the players, um, learn to practice on your own. You don't have to take a lesson. The coach doesn't have to call practice. You know, do the best you can with what you have. You can do things on your own. Um, learn to compete more in everything that you do, academics, um, the baseball side of the weightlifting, everything. Learn to compete more. But on the other side, make sure you have – recruiting is timing and need. At this time, we need someone like you. But if we have to wait for the grades or we have to wait for – you know, maybe your parents' tax returns or whatever, then that need might go to somebody else. Remember, recruiting is timing and need. And at this time, we need you. And if you're ready, maybe we can make this happen. If you're not ready, then we're going on to the next guy. Okay. Okay. I'll stop talking now. I uh, know. I, I, this is people are writing things down. But should you want to add anything yeah, real I, quick? I, Coach McCormick, I've never had the chance to meet you, but. You met my expectation level tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was incredible. What I what I thought was just so impressive is is when you listen to coaches, and we've been lucky enough to have some fantastic coaches. You are one of the coaches that I, I can imagine our parents and families that are listening would want their sons to play for. Well, thank you, thank you. I I uh, I I. I appreciate you saying that because you know ultimately that's what it's about and i don't think anybody knows here that you're 434 and 274 which is a pretty darn good record division one so congratulations on that well thank you i appreciate that thank you thanks walter the butcher on top of his uh his uh coaching uh he could be my agent. He could be my agent. Oh, he, 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 he's really good. He's really, really good. Well, we want to just make sure that parents know, again, it's Florida Atlantic. They're playing Michigan. Please say hello to Eric for me. Uh, you got uh, it. And he's a great guy. And I think you've gained uh, a lot of fans and not that you need any more. Uh, I find myself down that way often during the uh, September through uh, October. Come on by. Period. Eric Cressy will definitely will definitely be stopping by for sure. And again, parents, you can absolutely follow Coach Mac, call follow Coach Greg. Uh, they'll you know they're happy to uh, to share you know they'll follow you or do whatever they do with their social media accounts. But we learned a great deal tonight from Coach McCormick. We learned a great deal about college baseball and college baseball recruiting. I want to emphasize to parents that are asking. There's a lot of different uh, information. Everybody shares various opinions. Some are going to disagree. Some are going to be against the grain. That's not what this platform is for. This platform is to purely educate, help create an awareness, to give you information and resources that you might not otherwise have access to. That's it. There's nothing more that this that we do as a as collective group between Brad, Brian, Butch, and myself we simply want to bring coaches like Coach McCormick that come in here and kind of offer you some insight that you may not have had access to. That's the whole purpose of Masters of Baseball, nothing more. We're not here to recreate the wheel. We both feel, all of us feel very passionate about the sport of baseball, uh, and we want to share that with you. So I want to bring to everybody's attention that on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, Butch has his athlete 911 uh, call again with Masters of Baseball. 
on Monday evenings at nine, I do the real talk episode. We're also doing things and we'll have coach McCormick on there for sure with our seventh inning stretch, which is a zoom call, which is allows you to see us and the coaches. And we ask some questions that we may not have time to ask on this particular platform. We're going to be putting that up for people as well on the website so that you'll have access to that. And, Again, I want to I want to let everybody know it is uh, Butch is it Dave Pierre next week with Grambling University, correct? It is. He's okay. the new head coach there, and it's it'll be a great talk. I'm hoping it'll be as good as this one was tonight. <laughs> coach well, Mack's going to be tough I, to top. Well, this, this is this is going to be tough for everybody to top. I mean, this <laughs> oh. is. It was fantastic tonight. Good job, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. I thank you for having me on. I hope that I helped again families out there and student athletes. And th- again, these are this is my opinion. Um, Thirty-two years at FAU and um, in college baseball as a coach. So um, this is what I believe in. This is what I want our program to believe in. And I appreciate you guys giving me the time. And thank you for doing this for everybody because. Um, again, like you said, the parents and players, this is not an easy process and as much help as we could give them is, is surely very helpful. So thank you guys for doing this. I certainly appreciate it. Well, you're very, very welcome. And you're very, very kind. And we greatly appreciate your time and best of luck, not only this week, but for the rest of the season. And you can bank on a visit from, uh, from both Butch and myself sometime. Okay, great. The, uh, the Jupiter Sounds good. time period. I want to let everybody know that uh, this will has been recorded, will be on uh, for the podcast purposes. So if you need to go back and listen in and take more notes, you'll be able to do so. Next Tuesday, we'll do something on Monday, but we on Tuesday night, March 8th, we'll be joined by Travis Jewett, head Ooh. coach of the 21st ranked Tulane Roll Wave. So Travis uh, will join us on Tuesday the 8th, special guest on Monday the 7th, uh, not going to share that until confirmation tomorrow. Uh, but again, we'll have this podcast of Coach Mac up on probably online by sometime early afternoon tomorrow or mid afternoon tomorrow. Uh, and thank you for everybody for joining us and join us on Sunday with Dave Pierre from Grambling. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>